0: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday
1: edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get five dollars off their first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On.
1: Yeah, I wanna ball like the wizards. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing and mooning, net, girl, she wants shots for the team. I was in high school dreams. Dorm was looking clean, teaching games like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring.
2: Hey guys, welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Troy Halliburton, and joins me on the other line, a friend of the show and a friend in the real <laughs> life, my guy, Armand Lee from The Quarterly Report. How you doing today, sir?
3: Hey, Troy, man, for real, it's a pleasure to join you guys again, man, you know, supporting local podcasts, not just local, but also with dope content, so anytime you need me to come on, man, it's, it's a pleasure for me to, to join in to toss some weirds, so you know what time it is.
2: Exactly, man. I, I greatly appreciate you taking the time out to come on and, and, and talk some whiz, and and you know I got to I always got to give you uh, some, some of the credit for for getting my feet wet <laughs> into the whole podcasting endeavors just to begin with. You know, you you, you invited me on your show, the uh, the quarterly report definitely uh, piqued my interest and and wanted to get into podcasting. So I, I will always give you the, the the utmost respect for that. Hey, man, I appreciate it. But you a
3: natural, Joe. Like you know what I'm saying. So it's all good. You know.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Every everybody eats, as Bradley Bill once yes, uh, eloquently stated. <laughs> yes,
3: sir. But, um, yes, yeah,
2: sir. so I, I wanted to get into a little bit of Wizards basketball, and I, I know that uh, uh, you you were definitely one of the people. On 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 uh, basketball Twitter, who who was not very uh, excited about the Wizards coming into this season, and, and you know what? So far, after they have a, a three and eight record, you know, it, it appears that you've been uh, right about you know the Wizards not being that good coming into this year. But I, I just want to just I just want to know: what have been your impressions of the team so far this season, and, and what do you think about them having? The 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 NBA's most efficient offense and one of the all time worst uh, defenses in NBA history.
3: <laughs> well, I think you know I, I talk about this often. You know, when the NBA season starts, whether you're a football fan or not, you know, the sports culture in this co- country specifically, we just get so wired up into football, right? So a 16 game NFL season is so short, so every game more or less matters, and then we come into the NBA season. And despite the fact that the season is eighty two games long and we all hear about small sample it's it's easy to kind of fall into you know whatever happens the first five ten games is whatever it's going to end up becoming so as so as a, an observer of the wizards um I think the start obviously is not what one would hope for, but I think the wizards are building the foundation. You and I have talked about this in previous you know conversations. Um, this year, the East is so bad, and obviously this is a competition, right? Every game is a competition. You you play Herm Edwards. You play to win the game. But for the Wizards, and I give them credit, this season is more about establishing a culture and then finding out what you do and do not have. Like, which young players are, okay, we may have something here, and which guys you could be like, you know what, eh, we can move on. To answer your question, um, I don't want to read too much into the start. Obviously, I, I didn't, like you said, I didn't think the Wizards were going to have that successful of a season. But I don't think wins and losses ultimately should be the way this team is defined. I think what you see from Rory, um, we'll talk about Brad a little bit later, uh, Mo, you have pieces that are intriguing. Um, defensively, that was one of the reasons why I thought the team would struggle, um, I'm a big Thomas Bryant fan, but I've been disappointed, maybe too strong of a term. It doesn't seem that that energy, that kind of just magnet, that magnetic feel of the game, like where the ball just always attracts to him. You know what I mean? The, the, the energy the, that he had last season, it doesn't seem as if it's still the same this year. Now, again, small sample size, you still have 70-some-odd games or so to play. But... The reason why, to answer your question again, that I thought the Wizards would struggle this year is what we're seeing from the defensive standpoint. However, what you're seeing offensively from them, whether it's sustainable or not, it is reason to have hope. And the the biggest takeaway is finding who has a spot on this roster next year and the years after.
2: Yeah, no, I mean I agree with you, and, and you know you sound like you're right in line with uh, with the rest of Monumental Basketball and starting at the top with Ted Leonsis. And when you say that it's not about wins and losses, that it is about building the culture here, like Ted Leonsis literally just said that this morning at a uh, at a oh, ribbon cutting wow. event for a refurbished court that the you know the Monumental Basketball Group is putting together down in Southeast, and, and, and it's, it's like it's like you echoed the same exact sentiment. And so I think that this is a common theme that is around the Wizards organization when we talk about, you know, that this is a developmental year. And, you know, that they're that, that coming into past seasons that it's always been about,
0: you know, sure. 50
2: wins and making the Eastern Conference Finals. And, you know, none of those expectations are hanging over the team's head for this season. And really, they only have to focus on playing hard, coming in, building up a good culture. Sure. And, you know, just kind of showing everybody that they're moving in the right direction. And I think that with that number one uh, most efficient offense, that they are showing that, you know, that they can move in the right direction and that, you know, that they can build some, some building blocks for the future. And, you know, the the guy – you said that you, you're, you know, disappointed wouldn't be the word that you use to describe Thomas Bryant – but I think that there the the inverse or, or reverse can be said about a guy who a lot of people aren't surprised about, including myself, and that's uh Mo Wagner that they got from yep. the Lakers. In, in a very similar situation, uh that they got Thomas Bryant, a, a guy that the Lakers were casting off because, you know, they needed salary cap space because they're they're in a different space right now. They're sure. they're chasing after championships, and they needed veteran players. So, you know, it's just coincidental that they basically had a center swap where, you know, they have Dwight Howard playing backup center for them, and he was a wizard (laughs) last year, and we have Mo Bogner playing center for us, and he was the Laker last year. So, you know, it, it was a bit of a swap, but I think that both teams at the end of the day can be very satisfied with that swap because, you know, Dwight Howard has played well, and he's a player who certainly can play in, you know, big playoff games. Whereas Mo Wagner is a guy who, you know, was a first-round draft pick last year. He's a guy who, you know, is still developing. But, I mean, but the way that he's played, I mean, he is 100% part of the reason why the Wizards have the number one uh, ranked offense because, I mean, he leaves the NBA in, in true shooting percentage. I mean, the, I mean this guy, I mean, it, it, he's not Mo Wagner. He's Mo Buckets, because he's just coming <laughs> out of here. He's just playing hard. And I think that he's been very surprising uh, uh, from from the Wizards, said. What, what have you seen from Mo? And I'll even throw in. I'll add in uh, Davis Berthans, who was a San Antonio Spur. These are guys that have come in and really have changed the way that the Wizards are playing basketball offensively.
3: Yeah. Um. To to speak to Mo first. Um. I'm not going to sit here and be like, you know, I knew much about him. Uh. Over the all season, looked at Basketball Reference, which you know many of us basketball nerds typically do. And I was like, okay, the guy fouls a lot, um, you know, who seems to have some athleticism. But I didn't know what really, you know, is, hey, take a flyer. You know what I mean? Uh, mutual friend of ours, um, Kevin Broom always says, you know, you play roulette, throw a few dollars, you know, on on a number on the outside. Maybe you win, maybe you lose. If you win, you know, it didn't cost you anything and you can have her flip however much money you have. And that's basically what the Wizards have done thus far with Mo. Um, the guy has a motor. Um, he's precisely the type of guy that you would want to round out your roster. And, again, he's young, so you really don't know what he is. Um, I caution people. Um, I, I, I mean, the fact that he can finish so well, he can stretch the floor, he can shoot, he has some range, and obviously he can get to the line, the true shooting percentage numbers that you, you cited earlier. I would just caution. I don't know if that can be sustainable for 82 games. Um, but you can only you can only – you know, address what we've seen thus far. And the tape that he's put out basically um, is, um, you know, perfectly represents what we see from the Wizards. Amazing offensively and then leaves some a bit to be desired defensively, though I will say his charging, you know, the Wizards really haven't had someone like that in a long time. You know, guys who just kind of muck it up. greatest defensive player but knows how to flip their ability into great defense, and you, you can't really ask for much more from Mo. You know, want to cut down on the fouls, but I really do appreciate Mo. Now, in terms of Bertans, um, I watch a lot of Spurs basketball for personal reasons. Um, and last year, I was like, "Yo, this guy's a really good player." Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, the Spurs went after Marcus Morris, so thinking they were going to get him, they let Bertans go for a trade with the Wizards. Uh, I'm assuming San Antonio regrets that move right now, but Berton is true to shoot. And, you know, you feel the goal is if John comes back next year and he comes back healthy, John will have a big man, a stretch for, a legit stretch for, not like Chris Humphreys kind of Drew Gooden hybrid try to make stretch for. But yeah, no, he's the he a sharp shooter, man. It's yeah, one best. of the legit best shooters in the league there. And you get you, you understand the vision, right? If Berton's is a part of their short-term, medium-term, long-term, however you want to say it, plan, you can envision a scenario where you have Brad, you have John, and then you have Berton's even for 10 to 15 minutes a game that just puts so much pressure on a defense where you really have to be strategic and disciplined in how you defend that. So, you know, all things considered, however many games in, what, 11, 12 games into the season, there are, there are plenty of reasons for optimism for the future if you're a Wizards fan.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I love Berton, and, you know, the fact that they were able to trade and get him from San Antonio for essentially nothing, right. and that, you know, they have his bird right so that, you know, they can be able to sign him as a uh, as a free agent this summer. You know, I think that, you know, this is a guy that, if I were the Wizards, I would be looking to invest heavily and uh, sure. Travis Bertans and 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 what he can do for the future of this franchise, because I mean, like you said, I mean he comes from that San internal system. So first and foremost, he's a basketball player. Right. So, You know, he knows what to do on the court. He knows where to be. You know that I think it's not coincidental that you know that 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 lineup with you know he and Mo uh, coming in uh, replacing Rui and Thomas Bryant. You know, the Wizards they make a lot of their runs. With those two guys on the basketball court, and, yeah, I mean, and I'm I'm telling you right now, that's not a coincidence. So you know that that Bertans, he's a player. He can do so much on the court besides just stretching the floor. I mean, he's a great defender. He uh, they I mean they they've been running pick and rolls where they've right. been running okay. uh Bert Hans and Wagner where 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 Bert is the ball handler and they're right. the pick and roll. Like I mean, they're running. They're able to do all types of things with these two guys. And I think that when it comes to uh you know, the team selling the fans and the media on development, like when you have guys like Bert Hans and Mo Wagner, like then that 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 makes it a very easy sell for for the team to be able to make the sell. Yeah, so, for sure. No for, sure.
3: no, for sure. I mean, look, again, if, if you come into the season and I and I can understand some frustration with Wizards fans, but if you came into the season thinking like, yo, are "Quote unquote franchise player is not going to play this year. We have a bunch of young guys, one of whom first round pick last year didn't really get minutes. We have this season is for better or worse a training ground because next year the clock starts again. And we we the Wizards caught a break. I shouldn't say a break, but the the Wizards, um, you know, they they got you know a blessing in Brad resigning, so it, it alleviates some of the pressure in terms of the the timing and the clock." Uh, you know Brad is here for another two, another two years or so. Um, and now this year, if you worry about do, digging the dirt, like getting to the root of the issues, getting your hands dirty, you'll come out of it so much better next season when more of your, your, your weapons are ready to go. You know, so, you know, take the lumps early on, almost kind of like Atlanta did last year. You know, the beginning of the season with the Hawks, they struggled, and then they got that out of the way. And then the end of last season into this season, you see, like, yo, they may have something here. Um, I don't think anybody would, would argue at this point that Bradley Beal is among the best players in this league. And then you don't know what you're going to get from John. But I, ideally, you know, you get something of one of the elite players that he was before the injuries hit. And then you'll have young players and guys that he never really played with. That's the hope. That's the dream. And if you're a Wizards fan, you, you look big picture and not just the the slow start of the season. Yeah, I mean, this, is a,
2: this is a perfect uh, example because there's something that you said here that I've been wanting to talk about, and I actually forgot to mention in our little rundown of, of what we were going to talk about. But you, when you mention a team like the Atlanta Hawks, I'm very glad that you mentioned that very specific team because, I mean, there's this misconception around the league that, you know, the Atlanta, they got it figured out. They played, you know, so well at the end of last year, and they, they're coming into this year, and they look hot. Atlanta Hawks. Won twenty nine games last year. They didn't even win more games than the Wizards last year. And the right. Atlanta Hawks right now are, are, are four and nine. They're they're half game better than the Wizards right now. Like, right. Like I mean I, I I'm trying to figure out where this where 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 this 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 big leading thing of you know the Hawks are getting ready. They're heading in this great direction. Like is it, what's the difference between the Hawks and the Wizards? Because we both have young teams. I mean, I guess the biggest thing is Trey Young is more exciting. Do you believe that right. Trey Young is better than Bradley Bill right now? I don't. I mean, I, I just don't understand how the Hawks have turned into this like this this NBA darling of NBA Twitter when they're, they're not that good. Like right. as, as far as like what they've actually been able to do on the court. And I think that the Wizards are in a very similar position that the Hawks are in right now with with almost just as good as younger players. Like, I love Rui Hashimura way more than uh, than, than Cam Reddish at this point. Oh, you for know, sure, I know they sure. have DeAndre Hunter, but, you know, I, I like Thomas Bryant and Mo Wagner being able to play the bigs. Like I, I like some of the things that the Wizards are able to do, and they're in the same exact position that the Hawks are in. Like, I, I just I just think it's perception, is 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 this is something that that's very interesting when it comes to NBA Twitter and how different teams are perceived.
3: One hundred percent. I think to the when it comes from the Hawks, I think a lot of people obviously Trey Young is whenever you think about the Hawks, he is front and center in any type of positive discussion that you have and uh, Lloyd Pierce, I believe his name is, forgive me if I'm wrong, the head coach. No, Lloyd, yep, the head coach. Yep. Um, I think there are so many positive I, – I like his coaching style. Um, only in terms of when you look at the start of the last season, the Hawks, it looked like they didn't know how to play basketball. And then you started to see, okay, they have an identity. Now, to your point, I would argue that the Wizards are in a better situation than the Hawks only because the Hawks are – filled with young guys. And anytime you have a roster with no real veteran leadership, not just leadership, but one of your best and most talented players. They not if they aren't a respected veteran who actually contributes to night in, night out wins and losses, you're all it's it's just it's just tough to really start that to get that, that momentum, that positive momentum going. Whereas the Wizards, they already have that. And not only do they have that in Bradley Bill, they're going to be getting John Wall back who I don't know, you know, look, let me put it out there. I'm a huge John Wall fan, been a John Wall fan since he came here. When he came here, it helped me out professionally, so I do have a bias. How I, and I'm pulling for him. I don't know how he's going to come back. no, None of us do. But ideally, you have two guards who have shown in this league that they can be legit playmakers, special players, star players to some degree, Right. And now you're finally rounding out those two players with the necessary subsequent, you know, talent to to round out, to fill out the roster. Not let's try to hope this guy turns into this, but actually have young players who have a skill set, have veteran players who you don't have to spend that much money on who fill a, a, a legit role in the league. I personally think the Wizards next season, barring something unforeseen happening with John and, and Brad, obviously, that they can really put themselves in, especially considering the East after last season, right? You look at the East now, maybe there's two teams, three teams that you really worry about. Um, not to get too caught off guard, like caught in, you know, O.D. a bit, but I feel think like the Wizards can make some noise again, assuming help, and assuming they take the time, the necessary steps to develop the young guys, like Rui, like Berton, like Mo, like hopefully Troy can come together and Thomas Bryant can res, uh, resume that play from last year. Like, I like where the Wizards are. You know what I mean? Like, I know everybody likes to to get caught up in the moment and, the, oh, my God, the world, the sky is falling. It's cool. Take a breath, right? We knew the Wizards weren't going to win a championship this year. It's important that we stay focused on what the ultimate goal is. And like you said, I didn't hear Leon just this morning, but if, if it's coming from the top that this season is about development and setting a culture and a foundation, well then, they they are checking that box thus far.
2: Yeah, and I think you know it is it, definitely about development, and you know we we're, we're we already have an all star player uh, who's playing. We got another all star player who's coming back. Now they just need to find out who they're going to get to play around these guys. For and sure. so, You know, I think that you know it, it was um, you know it, I think it's very poignant to to point out that you know that 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 Bill is coming into his own as. You know, a, a pseudo franchise player, and that you know, while he has been an all-star player um, the the last couple of seasons, that you know, he's this has always been John Wall's franchise, and right. so with him being able to come out of the shadows a bit, with Wall being injured, and then with him also embracing the relationship that he has with John Wall, you know, and I think that 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 was very important, and you know, when he was on the Woj podcast last week and he talked about how, you know, he said it came out of his mouth that, you know, there's a lot of gas surrounding, you know, he and John Wall's relationship and, and how they might not like each other and all that. He called it gas. So, you know, <laughs> I think that, you know, it's important to note that, you know, Bill was still, you know, coming into his own as a player under Wall, and now that Wall's not here, he's being able to blossom and 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 become this leader on and off the court. And I think that, that is more important for the, the Wizards development than anything. The fact that Brad can, uh, can grow into this, uh, person that he's becoming. And so what, what, what have been your thoughts of how Brad has played this season? And do you think that he's taken the necessary steps to take his game from, from NBA all-star to possibly an all-NBA player?
3: Um, so, full disclosure, everyone, like, I, I, people who know me already know this, but I feel like any time I talk about Brad, I need to let everyone know. I was super critical of Bradley Bill, right? So, I'm, I, it would be unfair for me to get out here and be like, yo, Bill is so amazing, got yada, I gotta eat coron on that, right? I did not think Bradley Bill would be the player that he is today. And the fact that he, it seems as if he's continuing to get better, that just speaks volumes on the work ethic, the type of player he is, and the mindset that he has. And and so he deserves all the credit to that, right? Um, if you're asking me what Bill needs to do in terms of becoming an all-NBA, true elite top 10, 12, 15 player or whatever, um, it goes back to defense. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, there are a lot of different things that Bill does exceptionally well. And it's fair to then say, you know what, he has to carry the load offensively, which is true he has to engage offensively which is true he's one of the better rebounding guards in the league which is true like all of these all of the 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 pros that you would say about Brad you're not going to get in an argument from me so naturally right some of his you know um backers would be like yo you're asking too much of this guy but that's the thing the the elite players in this league the true elites we're not talking about the guys who you know, you can argue all day on Twitter about. We're talking about the guys that consensus, we all know, LeBron, Kawhi, Harden, Giannis, boom, 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 boom. The guys who you're like, yo, he has to do all of this. and Maybe at Harden, you can remove him defensively. But you understand what I'm saying, right? The guys who are asked to carry the load, night in, night out, those are the elites. And when it comes to Brad, you know, he's got all the talent in the world, but for him to get to that level, you got to make sure that you don't make those costly turnovers at the end of the game, right? He's gotten so much better at playmaking for others, but if you look at his assist numbers, they're like tied almost to a string. The, the When the assist goes up, so too do, they, do the turnovers almost directly, right? Mm-hmm. And that's nitpicking, but when we're talking about the game's leak, yeah, that that's what it usually comes down to. Brad is phenomenal. Again, better than I ever thought he would be. And here's the thing if you're a Wizards fan, you should take some dollars and two. Brad and John always fit perfect on paper, right? You, when you when you look at those two guys' skill set on paper, you're like, yo, you can't ask for a better combination than this, right? John can facilitate. Brad can shoot. But now that Brad has shown that he's not just catch and shoot, he can do more, and now that you assume John is coming back um you would assume that he comes back understanding, like you know, the the power dynamic has shifted a bit, right? Not not to say that it's a negative thing, but this is more now of Brad's team just because of circumstance, you know what I'm saying? So, number on one hand, Brad won't have to carry so much of a load offensively because he won't be asked to do so much. And number two, John, some of the, the, the possessions that made him not as effective as he could be, not as productive, the pull-up jump shot to 18 seconds on the shot clock, you know what I mean? He doesn't have to do that anymore because he knows, yo, Brad has been carrying the load without me the last two seasons now. So Brad has some areas that I feel that he needs to kind of shore up, defensively being one of them, turnovers being another, um, to become the true, true elite. However, again, barring any another setback with John, next year you hope that those two guys, the potential that has been talked about for, ad nauseum for years, can finally be fully realized because those games match so well. Yeah,
2: no, I mean, I completely agree. I think that you know, Brad, um, he has grown into a bit of a player that you know, when, like you said, like he can handle the ball and he can create well for himself. But for when sure. he's to create for others, that you know, he he he, he definitely struggles. Uh, uh, Maintaining possession of the ball, and right. I think that you know that that directly fits with you know everything that John Wall does. I mean, we're we're talking about John Wall as an expert at spoon feeding his teammates sure. buckets, right? So when, when when Brad comes back, he don't even have to worry about that anymore, you know, right. or, or or at least he can move back back to being a secondary ball handler instead of being the the, the main creator. And you know, I, I think that it, it is definitely noteworthy. Uh, uh, to, to say that, you know, under under Wall's tutelage as the best player, that the team was at least, you know, in playoff contention every right. year. And, you know, while, while with Brad being the best player, and I know that it's completely different because they don't have nearly the same roster, you know, sure. surrounding Brad that they did when, you know, they had both Brad and John. But, you know, they're, 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 they're struggling a little bit to win some games. And, you know, I think that nobody expected them to come out and, You know, uh, uh, beat up on Houston and 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 play. You know, play as well as they have so far. And I don't think anybody expected them to win some of these games. But I do think that people expected them to play better against you know teams like the Cleveland Cavaliers and Orlando Magic, where Brad uh, is undeniably the best player on the court when you know those teams play. And so when 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 you look at you know him having that next step in his evolution as a player it's got to be being able to close out games against, you know, inferior opponents. You know, when 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 you step on the court and he's the best player on the floor, you know, he he's got to let that be known and assert himself and assert his game on uh, you know, the the, the outcomes of these games. And and so I, I'm not calling him an empty stats guy because he's definitely not that. Right. But he's putting he's trying to put his team in position to win. And he's not coming out here dropping 20 while the team's down 20 in the first quarter and they have no chance to win. That's not what's going on here. He's putting his team, he's putting the team on his back and trying to put them in a position to win, but he's struggling at just getting them over that hump. And so, you know, it's definitely good to see a guy. I I wouldn't call you a Brad hater because, you know, I don't don't think you hate on anybody. But again, you also just suggested that Brad should be traded for a, a, a package surrounding Derek White this summer and, you know that, well, that I don't. Well, think that's
3: turning out to be the 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 best look so far. No, hold on though, we got we got to fill it in the whole thing. Tennessee <laughs> had two first round picks. It was Lonnie Walker, Derek White, Bertans before they actually got Bertans in the two. Yeah, I will that. Eat that. Hey I man, I'm tell you, I'm
2: tell you right, I'm tell you right now, man. It, I don't care if they threw in, don't, I don't care if they threw in Tim Duncan as a coach, Becky Hammond. All the <laughs> ain't no trade surrounded with, with Derek White is a centerpiece. Ain't know that that they, they call and, and um, Tommy Shepard gonna hang the phone up on that man. I, I still think Derek White
3: is a bit underrated, but we'll see. I, 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 I'm assuming San Antonio is gonna have some trades down the line, not too not too far in the distant future. So we'll see what happens with the young guards in San Antonio. Yes. I'm still I'm still pretty confident in White, if not well, both what's White the, and Walker.
2: You, you do know, have you been watching the NBA recently? You know that San Antonio Spurs are on a five game losing streak right now, and they're actually be coming into DC. And I think this this might be uh, exactly what the doctor ordered for them to come in and face the Wizards defense uh, uh, tomorrow evening. So that that should be a, a very uh, interesting game. And, and if we had to preview it just just for a quick second here, uh, would you say that the Wizards will will, will be able to, to to get back on the winning streak, or, or, or will San Antonio be able to snap their streak, snap their losing streak uh, against the Wizards tomorrow night?
3: I mean, if, if I had to make a bet, I would say I would lend more. I haven't looked at the line, but I would assume San Antonio would be favorite. Um, yeah. I, I, again, you know, the the Wizards, you know what you're going to get from Washington. You know, Brad's going to get his, and Rory has started this season very strong. So you would assume he would, you know, in fact, a lot of people make the, the comparison of Rory to Kawhi. You could make some similarities between Rory and LaMarcus, Um but DeMar DeRozan <laughs> typically does well against the Wizards and I would assume that that would continue tomorrow night. Friday, well yeah, whatever day tomorrow is Wednesday night. Yeah, <laughs> tomorrow tomorrow is
2: Wednesday night and so I will I will be in the building to to see the Wizards take on the San Antonio Spurs and I have to say that I'm, I'm looking forward just to talk to Greg Popovich and, and see what he has to say about about his, his team and the chance that they might miss the playoffs for the first time in 22 years. I think you know th- th- this is this is this is a, a very big NBA storyline that is is kind of popping up out of nowhere, and I'm very curious to see how that will play out. The, the expectations for San Antonio are are much different than what the expectations were for the Wizards coming into this year. So you know, whereas the Wizards are very happy to just be competing. San Antonio, you know, they, they they don't they don't know what it's like to lose. So, know, this 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 would be a very interesting dynamic uh, for for both teams. But uh, I, I wanted to touch on uh, another player who I'm not sure whether he is going to be in the developmental plans for this team, but he's certainly a guy who uh, is playing a lot of minutes for the current roster, and that's Isaiah Thomas. And so, you know, when you look at the Wizards, they brought him in on a on a veteran minimum deal. And, you know, he he, he broke his uh, hand in, in off-season workouts at the team's facility. And so he wasn't able to start the year uh, uh, like he wanted to. He missed all of training camp. And so he, he came into this season a little bit behind the eight ball. And, you know, he was coming off the bench. And, you know, the guy looked good. He was averaging about 16 and 7. Uh, 16.7 assists coming off the bench. And then all of a sudden, Scott Brooks decided, you know what, man, I'm going to insert this guy to the starting lineup. And I think that that was a very uh, 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 pivotal moment for the Wizards' season so far. What what, what have you thought about uh, Scott Brooks' decision to put IT into the starting lineup? And do you think that was uh, the the correct decision for this uh, Wizards basketball team? No,
3: <laughs> as easy as that. no, I didn't agree with it at the time. I honestly didn't even like really the signing. Um, to be honest with you, um, but I understand it to some degree. You know, Isaiah Thomas can help you fill in. You know, fill seats. He is a player that is beloved for obvious reasons. I mean, we know about what he went through in Boston, but also just kind of a, you know, it's easy to identify with someone the size of Isaiah Thomas as opposed to someone you know the size of Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know what I mean? So. I got it from that perspective. But when I when he came back I thought okay, may you know, bring him off the bench, allow him to showcase his skills for the rest of the league. But again, for me, this whole year was about okay, we need to develop our young guys and then we need to see which young guys are potential building blocks. So I'm under the impression before the season started like, yo, you gotta make sure Troy gets all the minutes he possibly can and maybe there would be some move some some potential to play him. At the one spot, I'm not saying that he is, but, you know, see what how versatile of a player you have there. Um, and that also includes that you got to take some of the lumps that come along. Um, but when they brought Isaiah Thomas into the, the starting lineup, again, coming into this season, I, I knew that the Wizards would struggle significantly defensively. You know, they just, you just have too many players who cannot defend on the floor at one time, and then it gets exasperated once Isaiah Thomas is on the floor because he's just so much smaller than everyone else. Um, so I, I really don't understand the logic it was working with them coming off the bench working, you know, relatively speaking. Um, so yeah, I don't understand the logic of starting Isaiah Thomas. Um, I don't foresee him being a part of the team's long-term future. Uh, it just, it just didn't make sense to me then. It doesn't make sense to me now.
0: Yeah, no,
2: I mean, I, I, I'm right there with you, man. And, And I posted, uh, a statistic yesterday uh, where the Wizards have a 104.3 defensive rating with Isaiah Thomas off of the floor, and yeah. that would be good for 12th in the NBA. So right. that, there's a major difference between having the, the worst defense in the NBA <laughs> and being outside, just outside the top 10. And that's what Isaiah Thomas brings to the table from a defensive perspective. And so... You know, I think that this kind of goes back to what we're talking about, uh, you know, with with development. It's hard to see what we have in the development of guys like Rui and guys like Thomas Bryant and, you know, trying to get them to become, you know, complete NBA players if they're playing on the court with Isaiah Thomas, who is by all accounts has been the worst defender in the NBA for like the last five seasons. Like, even when he was in Boston, when he was yeah. making all-NBA teams and all-star teams, he was the worst defender in the NBA. So, yeah. you know, like, this, this isn't something new. Like This isn't like, oh, like, oh, like, we we, we just found out, man, that Isaiah Thomas isn't right. really the best defender. Like, no, everybody in the NBA knows this. But Scott Brooks, for some reason, still, like, just puts him out there in a way that makes little sense compared to what he's dealing with with the rest of the team. And so I think that there is a balance there. I'm I'm not saying, though, bench IC or cut the guy or anything like that. I think that there is a balance that must be had where, you know, that he can help the team offensively. I think that, you know, if they're able to, you know, uh, uh, play him off the bench, play him against uh, uh, um, uh, lesser talented players in the second unit, and also to play him with the team's best lineup where you have Bert Hines and, and Mo Wagner on the court, and, you know, they have proven to be, you know, the 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 team's best defensive big men, um, it, it would behoove them to let's see what IT looks like playing with those guys as opposed to playing with, you know, uh, uh, guys like Rui Hashimura and Thomas Bryant. So I, I just think that, you know, the, the, there's so much evidence just staring Scott Brooks in the face. I, I'm just very <laughs> curious to see how long this is going to go on and continue.
3: Yeah, I'm not confident in Scott Brooks. <laughs> this is not yeah. this is not a prisoner of the moment. I haven't been confident in Scott Brooks in, in years. So, I don't I don't know what goes on with that. I'm not going to, you know, that's I have no idea what happens, but um yeah, I've seen enough from Scott to know that uh I'm not expecting any type of drastic positive change in terms of what he can control regarding the lineup. I've seen I've seen that before. I've seen that time and time again. Um yeah, it was. I'm just gonna leave it at that. I'm not too confident on Scott Brooks making that 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 move anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know
2: how confident I am, but I just uh, I think it is very good to note that you know that, that this is an issue that's going on, For and sure. that the only person who can solve it is the head coach. And so, you know, I, I I'm just laying that information out there, and the people can choose to do with that information what they will.
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, Armand. Yo. So I think that uh, you know we, we've talked enough about the Wizards. I want to get in a, a, a couple of minutes on, on on. I know one of your favorite players, and, and you know quite to be to be honest, you know he, he's one of my favorite players, and you know, we we have Carmelo Anthony back in the NBA, and I just wanted to get your thoughts about um, the whole process of him coming back to Portland, and and how do you think that he'll be able to fit in with uh Dane DJ and the rest of that Portland team. And, 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 you know, they signed him. They didn't give him a guaranteed deal. I think his guaranteed date is like in January. So, right. I, I mean, the, the biggest question is that, does he make that guaranteed date and, and, and is he going to be able to be an effective NBA player for the Portland Trailblazers?
3: Again, in the in the in the air of full disclosure, I am a Knicks fan. Uh, so, yes, it, it can actually be much worse, Wizards fans. Know that. Know that. It could be much worse. Um, I don't like Carmelo Anthony. I I didn't like him coming to the team. I didn't like the whole surrounding about that. Um, However, uh, as a fan of the NBA and a fan of basketball, you know, you don't want to see iconic players like that kind of go out the way he has. Um, I will say in in regards to Portland, I don't know if this is the fit. I I don't see this being a good spot for him. Uh, because Portland exists, in my opinion, at least, and teams who obviously they went to the Western Conference Championship last season. I don't think they were the second best team in the West. I think they benefited from a, a lot of standing breaks, and obviously Denver went out of their way to not play go to the state uh, as as far as they could. So they give them credit; they made the most out of whatever they had to play. You know what I mean? They had to go through the teams they had to go through, and they got there. But I mean, I mean, they literally they they, they they literally blew up the
2: Oklahoma City Thunder. Though. So we we gotta give them true. credit for that.
3: This I mean, is true. They,
2: they, they, he went, 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 when when uh, when when Dame hit that shot, he waved bye bye to uh but, to OKC. We know he was waving bye to the whole franchise. But it's, it's also this is fair. But
3: it's also worth remembering as well. Oklahoma City was losing in the first round the year before and the year before that. You know what I mean? So we had this idea of what Oklahoma City should be. Similar, we have that same idea of what the Blazers should be, right? But They haven't – I don't want to say that. My point being, Portland believes the hype is what it looks like. And you're seeing at the beginning of this season, they're struggling. Similar to what you're seeing from the Wizards, they can't get stops. I don't know what Carmelo Anthony does to solve Portland's issues. Um, I think Carmelo Anthony has the talent to be in the NBA, and I'm glad that he's going to get another shot. I think he got a bad deal, bad rap in Houston. Um, and I hope that Melo, and I think he has come to grips with the idea of his position in the NBA. I think things went sour in Oklahoma City. You know, he laughed at the idea of coming off the bench. He he he, he was vocal in his um, criticism of him taking spot-up three-point shots. Like, he just didn't handle Oklahoma City the right way. He's been humbled. I think it's been unfair to some degree how he's been humbled. But in, in Portland, he'll get the opportunity, and it's just a matter of, him buying in, which I do believe he will. But I don't think that he's going to be a difference maker in Portland because he doesn't address the issues that the Blazers have. And I, and more so, the Blazers' best player is Damian Lillard. Their second best player, depending on how you feel, is C.J. McCollum. And while that dynamic, we talked about John and Brad, where on paper that should work, C.J. and Dame, despite their success, CJ's not as good as Dame, and their games are similar. You know what I mean? Like, they, they both need the ball to be effective. So you're basically taking the ball out of your best player's hands for your second-best player to thrive. And Mello is also in the same boat where for him to be successful, because we know he's not going mean, to – I wouldn't even ask someone his age to play – to be a defensive stopper, right? But he needs the ball to be successful. So you're taking the ball out of your best player's hands for your second and uh, your newest player I just don't see how that helps Portland. And I hope, I hope that what happened in Houston where Mello was the scapegoat, I hope that doesn't happen here in Portland. But it's easy. It's low-hanging fruit. And I'm sure if Portland continues their struggles, that's what's going to happen with Mello, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I mean, so, so let me ask you this. So do, do you think that he's going to make it through that guarantee day? Do you think he's going to make it through the season?
3: Like, how, how do you see this playing out? I mean, I hope he does. I mean, again, it wouldn't be fair, like, if I don't think is going to go to Portland and rock the boat if, to answer that question. He's not going to do anything to make things worse. But I just don't believe that the front office in Portland have properly understood their position and how good or how bad that team is. So I think, I hope that Melo does make the guarantee because I don't think he's going to do anything negatively to impact it. But I'm thinking that the front office looks as Melo, looks at Melo, excuse me, as someone who can change the trajectory of the team. And if that is what they're thinking, that we getting Melo is going to improve our season, then no, he's not going to meet that barrier. And then I think that may become another scapegoat, uh, low-hanging fruit to get Melo out of here, which is unfair.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I, I I think that,
3: you know, I don't know. I think that it'll work just because from a
2: PR standpoint, I think that it'll be just as bad for Portland, if they get rid of Melo before before that guarantee date, and so, but I, I think that the the expectat- the bar is so low with this uh, Portland team. I mean, they, they were just literally starting Nasir Little, <laughs> uh, 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 like so. I mean, if Melo can't come in and outplay Nasir Little, then it's over for him. So, yeah. you know, we'll see how this plays out, and I I have faith that you know. That, that he'll be able to at least play better than what they've been getting. So, right. You know, we, 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 we will see. We will see. Uh, I'm excited to, to, to have him be back because I, I know literally it drives a lot of content. I love right. the fact that Mello himself is already putting out content. And, 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 and in that in, in the video that he put out yesterday, I thought it was kind of alarming the fact that, he said that Portland wanted him to come immediately last week after he signed. <laughs> and he told him that he needed a couple of days. I was like, "Oh, so you've been waiting all this time to get back?" I know. <laughs> and then you get the call and you tell them, "Nah, I gotta get my hair right." Like, yeah, that's. I don't know if that's the best sign, but yeah, yeah we'll see. The NBA
3: is more fun with Melo in it, so you know. We'll exactly. See. Exactly.
2: But uh, no, I'm I'm excited to, to to see what he can do. And you know, I, I'm just glad that 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 uh Tommy Shepard and the Wizards didn't think that he was going to be a good answer <laughs> for 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 that right. team because that just wouldn't have worked at all. But I know that a lot of Wizards Twitter wanted that to happen, and so I'm I'm just glad we do. That's not a bridge that I had to cross in
3: my coverage this year. Yeah, for sure, man. Again, Wizards fans, it's all it's, it's going to be tough. It's an 82 game season, but. This is the foundation. This is the hard part. You know what I mean. If you you buy it for those of you in the real estate, you get to flip homes, whatever. You buy the project home, and you got to gut everything out, and got to get all the molded wood off the the home. You know, you gotta you gotta invest. You gotta get your hands dirty to get the root of the issues. But this is what this season is. You know what I mean. Address all of this now, so when the team is actually ready to compete, you know you don't have to worry about certain things. Like, you know, you, you gotta establish the culture set the foundation early, and, and it should be a positive sign that it seems that this is what the Wizards are doing this season. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, that that's exactly what they're
2: doing, and, you know, it, it's something they're building up a foundation, they're building up a culture, and, you know, it, it's not about wins and losses, and, and that, that didn't comfort me, that came from Ted Leonsis, so so send your gripes to him,
0: but, <laughs> you know... <laughs>
2: I think I think that the Wizards are putting themselves in a great position and that uh you know if if everybody everybody keeps talking about how great the Hawks are, the Wizards are right there with them. So let's let let's let's let, let, let's keep that narrative up. <laughs>
3: yeah, I mean the bottom of the east is this is direct right now, man. So you can establish a culture and then with 35 games left, you can be like, "Yo, maybe we can make a run at this." You know what I'm saying? So like, the the last, you look at this, I mean, it's so early, and again, small sample size, but the 7th and 6th seed, right, or 7th and 8th seed in the East right now, they've got, what, like, two, two and a half more, you know, two and a half games better than the Wizards, something along those lines, so it's, it's that's always going to be there, you know what I mean, but don't worry about that right now, worry about what's in front of you and handling the business that, you know, you need to handle all uh,
2: right. Yep, and I think I think that they're ready to handle some business, and, and, and we're we're just excited to see uh, where, where where they can take it, man. But Armand, man, I greatly appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on and 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 talk about a little wizard basketball, talk about a little Carmelo Anthony, talk about a little a little, little Spurs basketball. Who knew you hey. like watching the Spurs so much, man? Yeah. <laughs> But like I said, I I greatly appreciate every conversation that I had with you on and off of the air. And so I'm just glad that the listeners got a chance to to, to learn a little bit and and get a little bit smarter today.
3: (laughs) Hey, man, I appreciate it. And Troy, you already know what time it is, man. Anytime you need me on, you know I'm going to be making the phone call soon to have you on my show as well. So it's all good. Exactly, exactly. But,
2: you know, we want to use this time for you to go ahead and and plug your work and let the people know where they can find you and and your great podcast and everything that you're doing.
3: Oh Yeah, man, check me out. It's the Quarterly Report Podcast, quarterly spelled Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E, you know, for my name, Armand Lee. We break down NBA, boxing, entertainment, the whole nine, every Tuesday, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Check me out, man, sports with a little bit of flavor, the Quarterly Report Podcast. All right, I'm,
2: I greatly appreciate that, man. You
3: you you you've killed it per usual, man.
2: And and, and, and like I said, man, the, the the listeners are getting smarter today.
3: Hey, man, I appreciate it. Don't kill me for
2: the Derek White trade, man. I, I, Derek White, I still got hope for you, brother. Hey, man, I knew Derek White. I don't know, man. Derek White was riding. The, he was riding the bench on the Team USA team that that couldn't even uh, uh make it to the to the quarterfinals this time and stuff. Well I like Derek White too. I just ain't trading him for Bradley Bill. I'll give up uh i give up T.J. Miles for him. But... <laughs> <laughs> my man, my man. My guy all right uh... Alma. Right.
1: I want a ball like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blue, I'm on the net. Girl, she clean. Game like a girls she shots shot for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. I want a ball like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blue, I'm on the net. Girls she was shot for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. I've been plotting since I was a fetus Young PG legend like Gilbert Arenas Now I'm chilling back, giving advice I buy my girl shit that don't matter the price They see that I'm taking, they try getting pants Labor money, I just telling in advance I ain't cheating, I'm just trying to dance She just trying to have me up in the trance I'm in a struggle like fuck it. They just trying to make some buckets when I slap down my ones But it bounced like a ball when I struck it So if you ever see a real nigga like me Just let them live and just be how it be Go to the club with them two and you'll see With a J, we'll be on the same team I yeah. want a ball, I like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean When I'm blowing more on the net, net. Girls shots for the team I was in high school with dreams Though I'm almost looking clean Teaching games like a dean Coach all these girls to a ring I want a ball, I like the Wizards Yeah, you know what I mean when I'm blue, I'm on the net. Girl, she was shot for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coast all these girls to a ring. Re- hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon
2: Music app today.